Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Transcend with M here on the podcast. And I am truly excited to receive Raquel Knight. She is amazing. We have met through a couple of networking events, and we have a lot of people in common that we know. And I am very intrigued for you to learn about her story and her upbringing because it's nothing but fabulous. So welcome, Raquel. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me on, Monica. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to cut right into the chase. And I am just going to ask, what is your story and who is Raquel? Mm. Well, it all started. Okay, no, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name is Raquel Knight, and I am originally from jamaica i grew up in a very remote district called bellevue in portland so we have parishes in jamaica and one of them is called portland so like portland here in the u.s and uh that's where i grew up um i migrated to the states at the age of 21 so i've lived in the states for roughly maybe 11 years but what I love about my bringing is uh, where I grew up kind of um, helped me to be humble and appreciate life and uh, grateful for the opportunities that um, I've been given throughout my life. So uh, growing up, um, I grew up in an extended family. So it's a lot, there was a lot of aunts and cousins and uh, my sister and uh you know we always try to make the best of what we have uh you know um a lot of us sleeping on one bed together uh going to school was really uh a challenge but somehow it it, it was also fun so we just it was our way of life i would say you get me so basically um it would be on some days we will get the first um bus out of the community which comes at like 5 a.m in the morning and if wow. we miss that bus we're definitely going to be late for school we will be we'll be late for school so when that happened we have to walk we have to walk from walk out of the community and to reach the next town where there are more transportation so i know in my time there were like two to three uh vehicle uh, running throughout the, the day and because the roads were really really bad you know it gonna takes like an hour it will take an hour or so for just to go down and then come back up and they won't leave the city until they have a full um load so that was really challenging so we did a lot of walking so even here you know coming here and when somebody said it's a 45 minutes walk. I'm like, oh, that's easy. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine, right? Because if you yeah. are to like, you know, walk for so long, mm. like there is no there is no complaining for a five minute walk. <laughs> exactly, you know. So um we we did that and so I went to uh you know primary school, high school, a little college. Um then I migrated here. I know throughout my time and my schooling, the one thing I'm very grateful for are my teachers. Uh, they saw what in me what I didn't see in myself. So they are they were the ones who always like challenged me. 
And they, you know, even from kindergarten, the teachers will like get books. I won't say they steal them or anything, but they will take books from the library and um, give them to me, challenge me to read. And so at like, you know, grade one, I'm reading a grade six book or grade seven book. So mm -hmm. they, they, they challenged me. And that's something I'm always going to be um, grateful for that I had teachers who, who cared and want to see me um, exceed. And so um, Excel, I'm sorry, Excel. And so um, as I, um, you know, migrate to the States, what I saw was like, it was a whole new world, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Coming from Jamaica to here um, and adapting was a whole, oh my gosh, that was something because my background is in the sciences, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> it's the sciences like chemistry, biology, agriculture, very all of those. And then I came here and it's like, uh, none of that matters right now. You know what I mean? So it was like, what am I going to do? What am I supposed to do? And it was just, a shock. It was a shock to you. Yeah. It was a shock to you that they like, like that none of that matter, at least where you were. Yeah, it was because, you know, I thought that even a little bit of, of um, my qualifications would have like helped me in some way or so uh, and all of that, but nothing happened. Um, I got my associates of science degree um, in agriculture in Jamaica, and I also have my diploma in secondary teaching. So I made this assumption that I would be able to maybe use that to get a, a good job when I migrated here. And then they're telling me that I had to do more courses and then take a license exam and all of that. And I was like, you know what? I never liked teaching that much anyway, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, I, I, I had to pivot. I, I, I would say that it was really a struggle. I know that at times, I think for the first time, even with everything that I went through in Jamaica, like, um, you know, we know that poverty is there and all of that and everything. I think that for the first time when I moved to the States, it was the first time I felt like I was a failure because I just couldn't figure, figure it out. And um, I remember telling myself, I'm going back. I can't deal with this. I, I, I want to go back at, at, at one point. And, um, you know, I started to just, when I finally got a job for like for a month at Amazon, I started talking to people, yeah. you know, make, that's from when I start uh, making connections, talking to people. Um, and I, I kind of started to see what this big country is about. And it, it, it was really about connections, making links, farming relationships, you know, and, um, you know, I, 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 when I came here, I came to Delaware. So after that, I went, uh, I moved around a little bit and then moved to Massachusetts in 2014. And one thing I told myself was that I'm going to start back uh, college so I can have some form of U.S. education, you know, back educational background. And so I went to Becker College and while I was there, I had this mentor, Debbie. And the thing with her is that when I, I stepped in for a, a work study interview and I was like, what am I going to, what will I see? What will I experience here? And just her um, presence and how she welcomed me, 
I kind of felt a little safe for in a long time. I felt safe and throughout yeah. my four years, she was my mentor, she was my advisor, she was my coach, she was like a mother figure, all of it, all of all in one. And um getting that experience through at Becker College is where um I would say my life turned. You know what I mean? So everything mm -hmm. has changed. And I received my degree. And while I was there, I um I I did a lot of community service because I had to build my resume. Um and that's something I'm very um passionate about and I always tell people if you don't have a resume go and volunteer you don't know what can happen you know uh, if you need to habitat for humanity community harvest projects um I did a few trips to uh, Jamaica and Haiti and those were all just my time you know use uh, yeah. utilizing my time and um by doing that I also became passionate about how can I give back to Jamaica as well. Yeah. And that so um, I started this assignment. It's a project proposal. It was a project proposal that um, about how can I alleviate a social problem, help to alleviate a social problem. And mm -hmm. education is really big for me. And um, I started thinking about the education system in Jamaica and how I used to like struggle for chairs and desk and it, it, there wasn't enough resources in the classrooms to just enhance our learning. And um, so I did this project for proposal about, I'm gonna build some chairs. It was just that, that's uh, that's all there was. And um, I had another mentor who said, why not develop it into something more? Mm -hmm. And by doing that, it became For One Child Foundation. And uh, so that's my that's my baby, that's my thing. And that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we, we reach. Um, that's that's part of the story. Uh, from coming to go coming here, growing up in Jamaica for yeah. one child. Yes. So tell me more about the formation, right, of your of your baby. <laughs> formation of my <laughs> and what is what is that you get to accomplish? Um on a daily basis, because I know it's very important work and you are impacting so many people that need it, right? Mm -hmm. But navigating those waters is not always easy. Um, in finding the support is not always easy either. So, you know, tell me more about that journey and how having the right community around you has helped you propel into what you have today. Because it's not it's not easy. It hasn't been easy. You're right. It, it's not easy. It's still it's still not easy. <laughs> but um, so what happened was I went on a service learning trip to Jamaica in 2015. And we we the task we were we had was to teach in the classroom a little farming and just enjoy rural Westmoreland. That's another parish in Jamaica. Okay. And we stayed with house mothers uh, through this organization called the Association of Clubs. And I was really like mesmerized by what they do because it's a small community. Um, that uh, allow students from 
uh, university across the U.S. Uh, to visit the community and just be there for a week. They do a lot of Jamaican culture and dancing and food and everything. So I was like, wait, this is happening in Jamaica? And um, but the part that 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 stood out for me was I was teaching in the classroom. I was there with Debbie and another and another um, volunteer. Yeah. And they saw oh the kids were sharing the cheers and desk and um they were like Raquel why are they sharing cheers and desk and for me I was like oh yeah they do that all the time you know it wasn't like that realization yet I was like oh yeah they do that all the time that's what I used to do you know when I when I was going to school and everything yeah yeah I understand and then I stepped back and I said wait um, why is this still happening? You know, so it came from you know, the, the the professor asking me about it, and I'm like, that's just how it is. And to to me saying, wait, why is this still happening? It's like 2015. I would have expected that things would have changed. And so I got back to the states, and for some reason, that just stuck with me. Like um, I'm there. I started doing research, asking um my brothers and uh my sister because some a few of them are still there in jamaica what is their um daily life like in school and they will tell me their stories and stuff and that's where the the assignment came to yes definitely all right Oh. all right all right thank you raquel yes no problem yeah so um as i was saying um so we're there and just thinking about the fact that it was still happening um i got back started talking to my siblings about what's going on in the school system and i even reached out to the organization and so when i started the proposal uh, I asked them if this was something that would be feasible. And the organizer, the, the, the president of the organization and the person who founded it, uh, he said, Raquel, this is honestly a, a godsend project. Unfortunately, he died um, a year ago, I believe. Um, but once he said that, it kind of bring, you know, light that fire inside of me. I said, okay, I want to see where this will go. And so in the beginning, I called it one cheer for one child uh, because it was just about the cheers. And um, that's how we, we started this thing. And what happened over the years is that we I've had a lot of supporters and um, advisors. And I'm telling you, if you're not like strong, in what you believe in, sometimes it can be led astray. And I've learned a few lessons where I had to like put my foot down, even know what the consequences will be. But um, it also, you know, bring forth um, better results in my from from my experience. And uh, so when we 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 in 2016 when we we said okay we raised enough money to build like maybe 30 chairs that year and we went down 
and I was doing some uh, tours within uh, uh, among the schools, and then I'm talking to principals and teachers and so forth, and that's when they started talking about it's more than just the cheers. They didn't have books. They didn't have enough computer. Um, they needed help with uh, building a bathroom or even just providing food for the kids when they come to school. And there was a particular, you know, there was a particular uh, school that I went into and I was in the classroom and in the corner there was this bed and it had a sponge on it. So I asked the lady, why is there a bed in the classroom? And she said, oh, that's the sick bee. And I said, the what now? <laughs> so she said, it's the, the sick bee. Um, so if a child is feeling, you know, have a headache or feeling stuffy and so forth, that's okay. where they go and lay down, but the, the class continues. So imagine being in a situation like that, like you have a headache right now and okay. you're you're about to go lie down in the bed that's in the classroom while the teacher continues to speak, children continue to make noise. Do you think that headache is going to go away? Right. You know? And so that's what happened. And um, the doing that, I came home and we went back to the drawing board and said, we, we, we're going to do more than just cheers. And by doing that, I changed the name from One Cheer for One Child to For One Child Foundation. And since then, we've held uh, 14 schools with 600 cheers and less, uh, 21 schools with thousands of books. And we just launched our laptop project that um, benefited four schools. Mm -hmm. yes. That's awesome. That's yes. awesome. I mean, I, I cannot say that I understand because I never had the opportunity to really, you know, do that kind of work or experience any of that. But I, I can imagine based on what we know, right, and the information that gets to us that there must be so difficult, especially for the teachers, right, and the educators mm -hmm. to try to provide these kids with so much and they are so limited to do that, right? Like when you enter into the realm of education, it's a vocation, right? You're, you don't say, I'm going to be a teacher and then you become a teacher. Like if you don't have the patience, if you don't have what it takes, Right. You really, you really can be right. It, it, um, something I learned is it has to be a vocation, and whoever is a teacher has this tenderness to them. It has this yeah. advocacy yeah. to them yes. that it's kind of, it, it's kind of unmatched to anything else that it's out there, right? So I cannot uh, imagine the pain that they go through themselves by watching all these situations happen and not being able to do anything because they don't have the resources to do so exactly. um and unfortunately you know we think that it happens in other countries but it also happens here um you know i i don't know how many lists i get during the year that you know hey parents can you please send tissues or can you please send crayons or can you please send glue mm -hmm. and, and the teachers use their own salary to supply their mm -hmm. classrooms like like why the most important part of our 
country of like like our society which is education can be completely funded and become primary um a primary uh issue mm-hmm. with you know our government or, or or anybody right it's kind of like it's almost left to to pieces yeah. and they're like last the last resources will go to them when they are driving the future they are driving the people they are driving the education of our children who are the future of this country or any other country right so exactly. it's kind of uh it's kind of i get a little upset sorry yeah. <laughs> I, I agree a hundred percent with you it's a global issue and it, yeah it, it's funny that um the other day i was talking to one of my board members and they asked me why haven't you done this in the U.S.? And I said, I have pitched it. I have like mentioned that this issue happened across the U.S. But I don't know if like it's a stigma or if it's something because, you know, we're helping a developing country. I, 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 I'm still trying to figure out why is it like, I don't know what's the word to use, but like a funky way to like say, you know what? Schools here in the US need the resources that schools in in Jamaica uh, need. And that's why I've even broadened my mission from just Jamaica uh, so that whenever we get the opportunity to can even carry out this work in the US, we'll be able to, and also other parts of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. No, a hundred percent. The other thing that it, it makes me a little so I grew up in Puerto Rico. So you know that in our countries, I, I don't know what are the the foods that you know, but I know that the rice and beans and the chicken are like our menu. Same mm-hmm. in Jamaica, right? Like it's depending on how you make it, but it's still rice, beans, and chicken, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> How you make it, spices you use, truly different, but it's rice, beans, and chicken. Like the other thing that makes me so angry, it's the poor quality of food, right? Mm -hmm. Like the poor quality of food, at least here. Um, I grew up, like my lunch at school was Mm -hmm. like rice, beans, chicken, and Mm -hmm. like fruit and milk. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I just don't understand and, and, and that why why we can like it's cheaper than chicken nuggets it's cheaper Cheaper than freaking pizza why can we come together to actually to actually like provide with a good nutritious menu like does it cost that much right Mm -hmm. like I just, I just don't know. Like my daughter doesn't eat seven mm. hours of the day because she hates the food in school. Oh wow! And mm. that's here in the United States, mm. right? Yeah. Like if other countries with less resources can have a more nutritious menu right. that enriches their their health, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't we do that here? Like, what have you find that it's that? What is the disconnect, Raquel? Like, tell me the disconnect. 
think, it, I think the disconnect is just um, the, well, overpopulation one because they have to feed they're what 300 and what 50 million 300 million people live here in the u.s and another thing is all right when i when when i was growing up lunchtime right um monday through friday we're in school but lunchtime on the weekend is me climbing a tree and just picking a mango or picking an apple so it was nutritious right through and um even in agriculture when we when i when when i was um doing agriculture i could go to the farm and just pick up pick some cucumbers or some tomatoes and that's what i'll eat and then coming here i don't know if you you notice it but the tomato does tomatoes don't have any taste from my from my experience yeah cucumbers there when you bite into a cucumber in jamaica versus here the cucumber should have water like When you yeah. eat cucumber, it should make you feel it quench your thirst in a way. Yeah. And here it's just dry, you know. Yeah. And I think that, and I've had friends who <coughs> mentioned that they they said they're allergic to this, to that, to that, and then they go to a Caribbean country or another country and eat the same thing and realize that they're not allergic to it. It's what yeah. they spray on it and all of that. And I think. That's the problem. They're they're the overproduce of food, um, and 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 the problem with that is most of it going to waste because there's no more. Then there's no taste. They're um, overproducing it, and yeah. it's not reaching those who really need it as well. I think that need um, that needs to be addressed. The whole thing around food security need to be mm-hmm. addressed here in the U.S. Um, and it's not just about chicken nuggets and pizza. <laughs> right, right. No, totally agree. Totally agree. So what is what is your end goal? What is that you want to achieve, you know, five years from now? Where do you want these to go? All right. So um, uh, uh, within the next five years, we're actually in that transition um we're hoping to have a, a educational resource center established in in jamaica mm-hmm. and it will be um similar to the makerspace model so on the first floor we will have different um uh vocational training so they will learn carpentry masonry um how to actually build the chairs that we will be um distributing throughout the schools and then on the second floor would be more of an educational resource place. So I the goal is to partner with organization here and on a global basis that will be able to teach these kids who are living in rural areas how to code, um, teach them about STEM education and a little bit of entrepreneurship. So being at CWE, being the director for the Central Mass Women Business Center, like that has been helping me and just trying to align that you know, the whole um uh idea of entrepreneurship and bringing it into to what for one child is about is really is where we're heading so within that five years we hope to have that in jamaica and hopefully we can have something similar here in the u.s as well nice nice i love it i love it 
So tell me a, lot, a little bit about the work that you're doing with the Center of Women. Okay. So I'm the director for the Center for uh, uh, Center. That that title keep messing me up sometimes. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry, Gabby. But so I'm the director for the Central Mass Women Business Center at uh, Center for Women and Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And so Center for Women and Enterprise is a nonprofit organization that hosts women business centers. And what we do is we provide business resources for women, but we're exclusive to everyone who are looking to start, grow, or even like exit their business. And that includes workshops, trainings, one-on-one -on -one consultation, um, events, and so forth. So uh, that's pretty much what we uh, I've been doing with C uh, CWE. Um, one, two major projects that I've um i'm doing as well as working with um paulette pinero i think you know her yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. My girl paulette, i'm actually oh, seeing her today so oh yeah tell her i said hi i was um, like from the distance <laughs> <laughs> hopefully yeah. i don't have to cancel on her because i feel like crap but you know um, it's uh we'll yeah. see we'll see yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working together on um, a project in Western Mass to bring the resources that CWE has out there. So we're working with um, different stakeholders as to how we can be of um, access to, to, to business owners out there. And um, we just kick off um, leading the Women of Color programming here at CWE as well. So we'll be... Um, creating a woman of color think tank which will include a group of women of color leaders that will help us to create programs that will benefit women of color so if you see me sliding to your linkedin <laughs> message that doesn't happen why <laughs> yeah i love it i love it that's amazing i mean it's so much so much good work going around right and it is really important that we always highlight people like you that is trying to bring a change into our society as a whole you know and it's important for us to take an interest on what is the the grain of salt that we cannot you know we can afford to this world mm -hmm. because it is important and there is a lot of people out there that need our help um so i really thank you raquel for your story for all you do um for being you know such a such a strong staple in the community um and for just being you you know and wanting to do good for the world because without people like you we wouldn't be anywhere so really appreciate you being here this morning i am sorry for all the times that i have had to pause this um um, but I'm really, really grateful for you taking the time this morning and for sharing your story and your amazing work with us. Oh, thank you so much, Monica. And I, I hope you feel better and I appreciate the opportunity as well. So thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you and have an amazing day. All right. You too. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.